Welcome to the MedTech Talent Lab, the number one catalyst for advancing careers and building high-performance teams. Sponsored by the Anthony Michael Group, helping companies secure in-demand talent in regulatory affairs, quality, clinical, engineering, R&D, and other areas for medical device, digital health, diagnostics, and other organizations across the U.S. life sciences sector. Here's your host, Mitch Robbins. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another live episode of the MedTech Talent Lab podcast, where we talk all things talent within the MedTech industry and the greater life sciences at large. We are here each and every week on Wednesdays, live on LinkedIn at 11 o'clock Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern, each week with a new topic. And then uh, simultaneously, be sure to check out the MedTech Talent Lab uh, wherever you consume podcasts on whatever platform that you use. You can check out over 70 episodes, uh, chock full of value from best-in-class leaders, again, straight from the industry. My name is Mitch Robbins. I am the founder and managing director of a search firm called the Anthony Micro Group within MedTech, where we do a lot of work related to regulatory and quality and clinical and reimbursement. And uh, each week, I'm joined live by uh, my right-hand guy, Adam Sapi, who's having some technical issues today. Hopefully, he'll be here live with us. But joining us on so many episodes before and with me today is my good friend, Nick Swig. Nick, you're the director of talent acquisition at Collegium Pharmaceuticals, and uh, you've got a storied career in both third-party recruiting as well as leading talent acquisition teams, companies like Fresenius. You were with a, a, an organization called Beta Bionics, and now obviously with Collegium Pharmaceuticals. How are you doing? Good. I got to love that. It's getting warmer up in New England, Mitch, so keep championing the heat, right? <laughs> it's good for you, man. We were at 70 degrees in Denver the other day, and now I'm, if you look out my window over my shoulder, you've got snow on the ground because it was snowing all day yesterday. So the old adage in Denver is if you don't like the way in Colorado, I should say, is if you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes because that's how fast it changes. But yes, I will cheer you on and be happy that uh, that it's warming up out there. So guys, if you are with us live and you're finding value in, in the conversation Give us some social media love. It helps spread the word to the rest of your colleagues in the industry and makes them aware of what we're doing here. If you've got any questions, of course, put them in the chat and we'll do our best to take them head on. But today we're going to talk about, I think, what everybody's talking about in one way, shape or form as of late. And that is AI, artificial intelligence, and kind of the fact that we are on, I think, on the cusp of something huge as far as how it's really going to take hold and, and disrupt so many industries, disrupt the way we do business, disrupt the way people le lead their lives and so forth. And, and I wanted to bring it a little bit closer in and talk about how AI is really going to disrupt the recruiting world. And like it or not, it's here. It's not going anywhere. It's only going to become more and more of a thing. And so today, Nick, I thought maybe we could just chat about, you know, up till now, how if at all are you, have you been using it? And maybe together as uh, veteran recruitment experts, how do we see this starting to take hold as far as the different ways AI is perhaps going to be used in the recruiting world? Uh, and so I guess I'll throw it over to you. As of today, you know, doing a quick look back, 
Have you been leveraging AI in any way, shape, or form when it comes to the recruitment process? Uh, I have just a little bit. And for the viewers who watch often, you know, I often drone on and on. And so Mitch purposefully picked this topic so he could finally get a word in edgewise because uh, this is definitely not an area of strength for me. But I do use it. In fact, I use it in the sourcing phase of the recruiting process to essentially take a look at either a job description uh, or the resume of a top performer that we have internally. Um, I can certainly still do uh, plenty of Boolean, but once I've entered that into the AI tool, it'll serve me up with 5, 10, 25, 50, however many you'd like candidates. And you go through and you provide it feedback, just like you would uh, that, that music software, I think everybody knows Pandora, right? So the idea is you provide the app feedback and it uses machine learning to get better and better. And uh, I've used that with sourcing now for uh, quite a few years. One tool originally that they had sunset and kind of the benefits I really loved and picked up another tool that really ran with those benefits of being able to crawl the open web, LinkedIn. But really that would allow me to provide feedback that this candidate isn't correct because of company, the industry, the education, the experience, so that the machine learning will continue to get better and uh, serve up great candidates. And so that's about the extent of it. I'll admit the one area where I have some strong trepidation is, is just understanding how these systems are going to allow us to move forward in a fair and equitable way. Because we all know that these AI algorithms were developed by humans, which are fallible, right? And so the bias that we hold within ourselves, unfortunately, often makes it into these technological solutions. And so I think I've been more cautious than I normally am in adopting new technology to really make sure I'm not introducing an automated bias into the equation. But certainly from a sourcing perspective, I still have to do the dirty work of assessing resumes and reaching out to candidates, screening them. So uh, not a lot of room for that to uh, to climb in there. And you know, you bring up a good point because I think that there's the pros and then there's certainly the cons to anything in life and no different here when it comes to AI, right? And I think there's even been a lot of controversy out there lately, like, hey, do we need to pull this back? Is this, have we released a beast, so to speak? And I'm referring to uh, chat GBT and kind of how it's being used and what it can be used for. And I can't really speak to that because I don't know enough of, of that. But I do believe that you're saying something that is legitimate as far as the fact that there is bias built in. And how do we account for that? Just like we have talked on other shows of how do we account for bias when it comes to the human piece of it? Right. Because there's tons of bias as it is. So, you know, I just mentioned chat GBT. And today I want to kind of focus on where I see that maybe see this going and how it's going to be leveraged in the recruitment process. But to speak to what you said, as far as how you've used it up till now to help with the sourcing piece, even in LinkedIn, for example, if you view somebody's profile and says other people have viewed XYZ, right? And so to your point, if you're using a sourcing tool and you can train it by way of machine learning of, no, these aren't the profiles and here's why, this is what I'm looking for, I'm looking for this, this, and this piece, that training is only going to make people's lives faster as far as dialing in on the right profiles. And I think that's probably going to come, not that I know for a fact, but that's probably going to be coming as far as the quality of, the, you know, people already viewed this when it comes to like the sourcing piece. And also probably leverage as far as how you get introduced to other people that you probably should know too, right? Oh, we see that you like to 
be introduced, you, you like to connect with CEOs of companies, you know, between 50 and 200 people in this piece of the medical device. Oh, you should probably know these 10 people too. And here, by way of AI, here's commonalities that you have with their connections as well that you can use as introductions, right? So there's just so much power. Adam, I think hopefully has been successful as far as joining us. Adam, can you hear us? I can. I can. All right, man. Welcome to the show. We're talking about the power of AI and the fact that it is going to disrupt recruiting, like it or not. And so where can we expect this perhaps to kind of start to take hold uh, in the recruiting process? So going back to what I said about ChatGBT, if you aren't, if you've been under a rock and you don't know what that is, is this new tool that was launched, I think, to the public around October 2022, if I'm not mistaken, right around there. And there's been already new iterations of it. There's even a paid version called ChatGPT4. But in essence, you can use prompts to teach the AI to give you the responses that you're looking for, right? So I can go on to ChatGPT and type in, hey, I am, uh, you know, I live in Denver, Colorado, and I'm interested in skiing, but I'm tired of just using my weekends to go to the mountains. Knowing that I like skiing and knowing that I like to be outdoors, what else would you recommend as the top five things I should check out within a hundred mile radius of Denver or whatever? Hey, Mitch, you should check out blah, 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 because you mentioned yada, yada, yada. The whole thing behind this is the quality of the prompts that you give is directly correlated to the quality of the responses you get. And so bringing it back to recruiting, where do I see this being? Huge. Well, number one, I'm always ragged on businesses for how they write job descriptions. And we've talked about this on the show. Must lift 30 pounds, must have 10 years of experience, must have this certification, blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, these are the elements I want to absolutely include. But how do I craft a value proposition so that it's going to read from the candidate's vantage point of what's in it for them? And here's the things that we think are in it for them. And here's the requirements. Write me a job description. And it's going to spit back recommendations on how you can write it. Okay, great. Now taking into account compliance with XYZ law, how do you incorporate that? And so job descriptions is one area where you can definitely beef up your job descriptions. Number two, literally, I just read about this the other day. Somebody took a job description and put it into chat GBT and said, based on this job description, give me recommendations on interview questions that we can ask that qualify a person against these three bullet points in our job description. That's amazing. That's amazing. Another one real quick is Nick and I were talking offline, but the power to have the AI eventually be able to be the first stop for screening here and training the AI to screen for the initial piece that you would be screening for anyways, before they actually get to the, the formal step of the interview process. Now, somebody may say, that's really informal. Do I want to talk to a robot? No, I want to talk to a person. But a lot of the stuff that's happening for companies anyways, they're trying to use applications to screen people by giving them certain questions. And the questions aren't necessarily dead on anyway. So now they're getting on the phone, spending the time with the wrong people. Imagine if you could have AI really get to the heart of the matter very quickly. I'm going to stop right now because I feel like I've just been talking at you guys for forever. What do you think about some of the stuff I'm bringing up here? Adam, I was just talking, so I'll give you a chance having joined us a little late. Yeah, like all the technology, I think there are certainly pitfalls, where you're, especially where you're trying to cut corners. That's why last week's show I mentioned on the other side, from a candidate side, two candidates got tripped up by hiring managers because they had chat GPT write their cover letter and resume for them. And they were amazing, as you might imagine. Well, then they, then the folks interviewed them and, and one guy even called him out on it. He's like, look, did you have chat GPT write your, write this for you? And the guy's like, yeah, busted. He just, he was flat out busted. So he's like, look, don't do that because you're going to get caught and it's just a bad look for you. You know, use things that can help you, you know, put your best forward, your best foot forward, but don't do that. 
On the flip side, to help screen folks out, yes, absolutely. And, you know, like Mitch, you had asked, do I want to talk to a chatbot? I'm going to be 45 soon. I don't want to, but a a 19-year-old kid might or a 23-year-old person might actually prefer that versus a 45-minute formal video interview or something else like that. They might rather, you know, vet that out first and then go, wow, yeah, this actually is something. Now I do want to talk to to the hiring manager or the internal recruiter. So I definitely think AI is, it's not only already here, it's going to be more and more of, of a thing. And I we've talked about that before too. If there are, let's say, 12 important steps in the interview process and onboarding process and everything else, maybe we we outsource AI to five of those. And then humans are still needed in, in the other seven. But even taking it a step further, I envision to where you're going to sit down on a video chat like this and it's not going to be a human, it's going to be a robot. Yeah. Like a true, like right. a hologram. Or a, yeah. And, and, and there, we've even seen those, I think maybe 30 months or something like that, where there's interview like this, where I think it's not as interactive yet. It's like, here are the seven questions, record right. your response to it. Right. But I think it's probably already out there. Nick might might be aware of it already too, but yeah, that's, we're not far off there, right? Where you have, okay, now tell me a time when you fail, blah, blah, blah. And then you respond, okay, now tell me some accomplishments you're proud of. Like, yeah, absolutely. That that can be a thing. And then it cords it. And hopefully if it can fairly score that, I don't know how that uh, goes. Like I, we have some clients too that will record those interviews and then the nice thing is they can share it with the other team members and it's kind of cool because they're not even in on the interview, but they get to really provide feedback and they say, yep, that person's a you know general consensus, uh, a pass, move, like pass forward, move, move forward. So they're, they're using the technology of it as well. And I think, you know, AI certainly could probably do an effective job of that, you know, asking those relevant interview questions. And to your point, maybe using, using the AI to even tee up what specific questions it should be asking the candidate. That, and then I think, you know, so I've kind of mentioned some areas that I can already foresee as far as like tailoring our job descriptions, writing them better, giving it your resume and having saying, hey, I don't know if this is how I should do it. I want to make it more concise. How would you change it? Yeah. Coming up with recommendations of how to screen for certain technical areas of recommendations of questions. Nick, I mentioned to Nick offline, you know, one of the things that you and I preach, Adam, is how do you vet out the soft skill piece, right? It's one thing, it's easy to vet the technical. You either have it or you don't by way of example, go through it. How do you vet the piece that's really hard to, to qualify? And we call that the, the really the employer's talent DNA. Look at your top performers in each function or, you know, especially if you got a, a bigger business, there's commonalities across all those people in one way, shape or form. Well, how do you how do you actually make that tangible and how do you come up with questions to try and screen it for that so that you're bringing in more of what you want in your company? Well, you can use I see a, a way forward that you're going to use AI for that too. Guys, what am I missing? Because we're just, I mean, we're just like on the forefront of this. And yes, AI has been out there for a while, but not at anywhere near of where I think this is going and going very quickly. Do you guys have any other ideas of where you see this disrupting recruiting process? Well, I would just say for one, um, the idea and the concepts and the special areas, the recruiting process that this thing can get involved in, those are not new. I would say the artificial intelligence itself is new, but I was reading articles about five years ago about companies that have gone through the entire recruiting process from application to new hire paperwork, candidates never met a human being. It was all 
uh, heavy on the automation. Now, of course, there were probably still humans behind the scenes reviewing the answers to questions and making the ultimate decisions, right? And that's the piece that AI really seeks to disrupt, right, is that capability to actually make decisions. As I kind of mentioned, uh, Mitch, when we were offline before we got started, um, a Seekout, uh, which is the tool I typically use for AI searching and sourcing, uh, just released a new feature that actually engages with talent and it will go through their profile to understand what are the key things it should mention, just like recruiters do, right? Well, good recruiters. I would say there's still very large percentage sending thousands of blanket emails out there, but that's a topic for a different day. But, you know, I immediately go through what school did they go to? What hobbies might they have? What interests? You know, where do they live? Because I want that outreach to be compelling and, and capture their attention. And I think AI really has the ability to do that. I think where I get stuck personally is, well, beside the fact that I am admittedly a little worried computers will take over the world at some point within my lifetime. That is also a different show. But I, I get stuck on the impersonal aspects, right? And I think, Adam, you bring up one of the best points that I haven't considered. That's that's just because of my own age and the bias that goes along with it is uh, I bet you the younger generations would prefer it because um, that ha is how communication has trended uh, for the last 20 years. But, you know, I had just put a post out the other day about the use of no reply at Collegium Pharma or jobs at Collegium Pharma, blind email addresses. And, and I find them insulting to anybody, any, any talent who might be interested in a career with us. If you're going to get feedback, it should be from a human. And so this kind of extends that conversation that, you know, how impersonal are we willing to get to pursue either lower cost outcomes or uh, faster outcomes, higher quality outcomes, depending on the quality of your recruiting team. So I think it's a very interesting conversation. I'm normally an early adopter. So I, I'm the first one to own technology and it's been like that my entire life. AI is just one that makes me nervous. <laughs> so I want to say a couple of things to that. I'm nervous too, right? And I'm thinking, my gosh, the power of this and where this is going is incredible. But I'm also looking at it from that I historically have not been an early adopter. I haven't been one of the few first to adopt certain things. I usually kind of wait and see if the kinks can get worked out and kind of figure out where it's going. In this case, I want to be at the forefront. I want to be and I want to learn as much as I can about it because I think those who really understand that this is here to stay and adapt are the ones that are really going to win. With that said, we thought with recruiting that Monster and Career Builder were going to get rid of headhunters. We thought Indeed was. We thought LinkedIn was. People might say, oh, now machines are going to take over our list. Well, there's always going to have to be a human element. There always will be for most things, especially in recruiting with the, and the higher levels that you go with recruiting too, right? When you're talking about impact leaders in a business, there's going to be a human behind the scenes doing something one way, shape or form. I'm 100% with you guys as far as the impersonal piece. I see it that way too. And it's like, well, how much do we want to involve the power of this and kind of take away the human element when in essence, every business is made up of people? So I think that piece has got to be taken into account. Nick, I apologize. I meant to comment on your post the other day. I want to say this now before I forget as far as the human touch. Absolutely. And I was going to comment and recommend, hey, you can have nswig at Collegium or nick.swig at just a separate email for that outreach and keep the other inbox. And that way it's not getting uh, cluttered with with the other piece. So I just want to bring you off topic, but I wanted to mention yeah. that. 
Yeah, yeah. Then the other email gets flooded with the sales emails. And so I miss the candidate email. So, uh, you know, one way or another, it's always a, a challenge. But frankly, but, you know, talking about AI, can we leverage AI to go through my email and get rid of the junk that I don't need um, to use the, you know, Franklin Covey way, right, in terms of importance and uh, speed, right, the priority, so that it takes, you know, the 150 some odd emails I get and says, here, Nick, here's the top nine that are most impactful based on your workload, um, and then work through the different groupings, right? I mean, why couldn't it, it do that? I would love that. That I would adopt uh, AI for. <laughs> so I have a tool that I'm going to show you offline because I'm not right. I, I don't know enough to be able to describe it, but there's a tool that's almost describing exactly what you're saying. I'll, I'll talk to you about it offline. And then if that is what I think it is, then we'll bring it back up on the show. But really, guys, the purpose of this show was not to claim that either any of us on this show are experts as far as where AI is going as a whole or where it's going in recruiting, but more so to bring up the fact that it's here, like it's here. And it is, and what we do for a living as far as what, you know, leading a strong recruitment process for both the candidate and the client is going to impact and what are the different ways it could. And uh, there's so much to come in the future. And I think what we should do is keep having ever so often a show about this and bring it up as we see it starting to be implemented into our business for good or for bad, because I definitely think it's going to be a topic for, for years to come. No doubt. Yeah, we'd be remiss, though, not to bring up Shannon. Our good friend Shannon is zombie today, so she's not here. Um, But uh, she in particular highlighted the use of AI in an area we haven't talked about, and that is note taking. Um, So she's talked about leveraging AI to listen in on her interviews and take notes so that at the conclusion of the interview, um, she has clear view as to what what was discussed. And uh, again, I'm not super comfortable with this computer listening to me interview, or for that matter, any human either. Right? It's it's a bit of a personal conversation. But I also know that I'm not capable of taking notes when I'm on the phone with a candidate and continuing to focus and engage in the way that I need to. And it does come at a cost to the quality of of those notes after the fact that my memory is you know, like any other humans, only so good. It's it's valuable. And so um, I wish you could have joined us today because I'd love to learn more personally, uh, because that's another area where, you know, you're not creating an impersonal aspect of the recruiting process. Rather, you're leveraging it as, as a, a recruiting assistant, so to speak, you know. And I was going to say, too, and, and my notes are much better when I'm on a phone call with somebody, a candidate. Then we're doing a lot of these face to face ones. Those are, you know, it's hard to be like, uh, you know, you're, you're, that's very impersonal, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm not on Facebook. I'm typing notes about you. Well, that's not intimidating at all. That's not distracting. So to your point, if someone, something was recording your conversation and distilling that down to, hey, these are the five takeaways, that would be incredibly valuable, right? Especially because you go from meeting to meeting to meeting. And then, you know, at 10 o'clock that night, you go, gosh, how was my eight o'clock interview? Let me think back. And then I have no notes to reference either. So that would be incredibly helpful. I did. Yeah, Shandon, uh, that would be maybe a cool pick, you know, a piggyback onto that. And, you know, just like we talked a couple months ago where Amazon was incorporating AI. And unfortunately, they cut, what do we say, 70 or 80 talent acquisition folks. And that might work. We'll see in time. You know, if you're hiring 400 warehouse packagers and they all have essentially the same duties and they're, you know, across all 50 states, okay, cool. If you're hiring a CHRO 
then that's a different, I mean, that's got, you have to have the human touch right there. I mean, you, you, I, to Mitch's point, I don't, I don't know yet how a computer algorithm, machine learning, anything would figure out how to flesh out soft skills and cultural DNA and that type of stuff. Maybe one day it'll happen. But for right now, I just feel like those are meetings, preferably in person, but certainly, you know, hours and hours, hours of meetings with key stakeholders to really find out, yeah, this person will do incredibly well here or they won't instead of a, you know, Gallup pool result or, you know, some other personality test that says you're in this quadrant and this whatever else, L9263, they'll fit in well here. I feel like those are meetings and dinners and drinks and, you know, whatever, coffee meetings, whatever that is. I, I don't know how that would be replaced by a, a, a chatbot or AI in any, in any way. Well, lots of good stuff to come on, a, on AI. And uh, I'm excited to continue the conversation in future episodes. I'm actually taking some formal training on this stuff as a side project and how it and trying to incorporate how it can, you know, make our business stronger from recruiting. So I'm excited to kind of bring back some findings and things like that and juries out on, on so much of this. So yeah. for now, guys, thanks for being here. For those of you listening live on LinkedIn, I'll, I'll stick around for an extra minute and see if you have any questions or comments. Otherwise, we're here each week, 11 o'clock Wednesdays, Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern, all with a new talent topic. Um, and then make sure to check out the podcast wherever you consume content and check out all the great episodes. Almost, I think at this point, almost 75 episodes episode. So appreciate it, guys. And uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. For more content-rich episodes, log on to theanthonymichaelgroup.com or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.